just open the passage. We're reading from Mark, so grab a Bible in your pews. It's chapter 10, verses 17 to 31. It's also going to be on the screen. Fantastic. And this is the rich young ruler and the kingdom of heaven. Let's read. So, chapter 10, verses 17. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You should not murder, you should not commit adultery, you should not steal, you should not give false testimony, you should not defraud, honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I've kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and he loved him. One thing you lack, he said. Go, sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell and he went away sad because he had great wealth. And Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? And the disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, children, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and they said to one another, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible but not with God. All things are possible with God. Then Peter spoke up. We have left everything to follow you. Truly I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, fields, along with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. So, <clears throat> Summer Nights this year is all themed around walking with God. And tonight, we're going to think specifically about walking through life, trusting that God can provide for us more than anything the world has to offer us. But it's going to be specifically focused around money. Now, we know what Jessie J says. She says it's not about the money. But Jesus seems to think a lot about money and talk a lot about money. So we're going to look at why. Why does Jesus think money is so important? Now, before we go on, I just want to make clear, money in itself is not a bad thing. And it's not a bad thing to want money and to have money. But the problem comes when we start to rely on money more than we're relying on God's provision. And um, we see in verse 26 why we need Jesus more than money. It says, who then can be saved? And Jesus answers the disciples with, with man it's impossible, but with God all things are possible. And he's basically saying here, money, it's great. You can get loads of things with it. But the one thing it can't do, it can't save you. And actually, Jesus is saying, I can save you. Jesus can save you. 
It's impossible for the man's wealth to save him. But God can do the impossible. He can save anyone, no matter how wealthy they are. And I don't know about you, but whenever I, I hear this story about the rich man, my first kind of reaction is kind of ugly. It's kind of just to judge him a bit. I'm like, ooh, the rich man. Oh, he, he, he chose money over Jesus. Like, he didn't really make a good decision, did he? But actually, the more I reflect on this, the more I've kind of been convicted. And I'm like, oh, I'm actually so often like that rich man. So often I can be tempted to put other things above God. And actually, if we look at the beginning of the story, the rich man, he's doing quite well in his faith. You know, he's walking with God quite well. I mean, first of all, he believes in God. He's seeking the kingdom of God. Fantastic. And he even says that he's been obeying all of God's commands since he was a boy. So really, we're wondering what's going wrong here. And that's when he gets to his tripping point. If we look at the next verse in verse 21, Jesus this is where he starts to challenge the rich man. He says, you need to leave everything you've built and trust and follow me instead. The verse is, one thing you lack, go and sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. But this is where the rich man falls. You see, the rich man, he decides that what he has, his own treasures that he's built up for himself, he values them more than what God has for him. And you can see that in the next verse, in verse 22, it says, his face fell and he went away sad because he had great wealth. You know, Jesus isn't saying that to get into the kingdom of heaven, you need to go and sell everything you have now and get rid of all of your belongings. But he's just warning us that whatever we're idolizing, whatever we're putting above God can become an obstacle for us to get into the kingdom of God. And he's saying, it's better just to get rid of it. Whatever you're struggling with and putting above God, it's better just to get rid of it than to miss out on all the blessings that I have for you. So for you, it might not be money. But it's, it's really important to think, what is it for me? What would be the hardest thing for me to give up? If God came to me and said, you've got to give this up, what would be the hardest thing? And you might be thinking, gosh, this all just sounds like a massive sacrifice. Being a Christian, it sounds really hard. Is it worth it? Is, is all this sacrifice worth it? But if we look at verse 29, 30, we see Jesus' response. And he says, truly I tell you, no one who has left all these things will fail to receive a hundred times as much here, today in this present age, and in the age to come, eternal life. And he's basically saying here, like, you don't need to worry about things you're giving up because what you're giving up is nothing in comparison to what I have for you and what you'll gain through trusting me. Now, as part of my job as a children's pastor, I had the privilege of going to primary schools, which is amazing, and I get to do assemblies. And a couple of months ago, I actually was asked an assembly on this exact passage. And I thought, oh gosh, how can I explain to the children that what God has to offer us and the blessings that God has to offer us, how can I explain that? They're so much better than the, what the world has to offer us. So I did, I did what I could. I took a, a, a kind of a tip out of Nate's book over there. He told me kids love props. So I was like, I'm going to get loads of props. So I run around and I'm like, right, 
I've got a PlayStation, I've got a football, I've got tennis rackets, I've got sweets, chocolate. I was like, whatever I feel like kids are going to treasure, whatever their worldly treasures are. And I go in and I say, look, you know, you can fill your life up with all these things. I start piling them on top. And I'm literally stood there with so many things and I can't balance anything else on top. And I go, look, to you guys, my life probably looks so full, doesn't it? All of these amazing blessings. Then I was like, but guys... All of these things, they have something in common. They're not going to last forever. They're going to go at some point. They're going to let me down, ultimately. And I say, and what if God comes now and he's got a gift for me? He's got a present for me. I don't have any space. There's no, there's no room in my hands to receive what he has to give for me. So sometimes in life, we're going to have to put down things so that we can receive better things from God. So I kind of go through, I put things down, like you have to put down the PlayStation, the sweets, the chocolate, the tennis racket, the football. And while I'm doing this, they're all like, no, stop! We love the football, keep the football! And I'm like, no, guys, we're getting to the point here. And then so I put all this stuff down, and I'm like, and now my hands are free to receive all the amazing blessings God has for us, a relationship with him, eternal life, and that is the best gift we could ever receive. And I look around, and I expect like a round of applause or something, and they're all looking at me like, how could you do that? Why did you leave the football? And I'm just there like, oh dear, they're, they're, they haven't quite got this. And I, and I realize, I think it's because they couldn't quite trust that actually what God has to offer is better than all the enticing, tempting, lovely things that the world has to offer us. And how often are we a bit like the kids? How often do we kind of fall into that same trap? We kind of think to ourselves, yeah, I know, I love God, I love him, he's fantastic. I love him, I follow him with all my heart. And then something really enticing comes up, really tempting, you're like, oh, but I really, really want to do that. And I'm not going to lie, I've, I'm guilty, I'm guilty as well of being tempted and even putting other things above God. And in those situations, I have to ask myself, what, why? Why am I doing that? What about God and his promises, is it, that I'm not trusting? And for any of you who feel like you're in the same boat, like sometimes you find it really hard to trust that actually what God has is better for you, we can just point ourselves back to the passage here. And in verse 18, what Jesus replies with, so the, the rich man comes up to Jesus, isn't he, at the beginning, do you remember? He says, good teacher. And Jesus replies, why do you call me good? No one is good except from God alone. And this is the reason, guys, this is, this is the reason why we can trust that whatever ha he has for us is better than whatever the world has for us. Because Jesus is literally quite spelling it out here for us. He's saying, guys, only God is good. Only God is really, truly good. But I'm good. <gasps> Put the dots together. I am God. I am good. You can trust me because I am God. I am good. Jesus is saying, look, I'm God. I am powerful enough to provide for you. And he's saying, I am good. I am good enough to give you gifts that are abundant and better than anything this world has to offer. But I don't know about you, but so often, even when we know that, and we've seen it in our lives, and we've seen it in other people's lives, it can be so, so easy to forget that, isn't it? And in the moment, it can be so hard to actually trust God above all else. And I don't know about you guys, but I keep a prayer journal. So this 
is so helpful for me because I write things down sometimes when I feel like God's done something in my life or just to make notes about my prayers. And as I was preparing for this, there's this one particular incident that I remember writing about which just really resonated with me. And I just wanted to share it with you guys as hopefully as an encouragement to see how God can provide for us. So basically, this is the story. Um, during COVID, I lost my job and didn't have an income. So I started to claim benefits, basically. I was on universal credit. And that was basically what was keeping me afloat for the whole of COVID, the whole of lockdown. And yeah, that, that was what I was relying on. And then there, it got to a point in lockdown where I just had a little sense from God. He was like, you need to stop universal credit. And I was like, Boom, ignore that. I need, I need that money. Sorry, God, I'm not going to listen to you. And I was like, I'm going to just check, like, double check I'm eligible. Yeah, I'm eligible. Like, I'm, I am well within my rights to receive this. Like, why would God want to take this good gift away from me? Um, and then, anyway, I kept having this niggle, this strong sense. And eventually, I came to God. And I was like, okay, God, I'll talk to you about it. Anyway, lo and behold, he says to me, you need to stop universal credit. And I was like, no. And I literally, no word of a lie, was sat in my room crying, going, I don't want to give it up. I don't want to give it up. And I was so worried because I was like, God, what, what do you mean? This is ridiculous. This is what I'm living off. Like, how, how? How can I do that? And I just really felt like God was saying that he wanted to provide for me and that I needed to trust him. And I've got it written down. I've got, I've got on one date, feeling like I should give up universal credit but scared of financial consequences for the summer and next year. That's my first thought. And then by the next time, it's like a couple of weeks later, I say, Lord, I trust that you will provide for me financially. But I still haven't actually decided to give a universal credit at this point. I'm like, I trust you, but I'm not actually going to do it yet. I'll just, I trust, but not quite yet. And then the next one, I've actually decided. Like, I've decided in my head and in my heart, that's it. I'm giving it up don't care, I'm going to trust God. Um, and I've, and I've, I put a little title for each of my, it's very bougie, so I put a little title for each of my pages. And this, this title is, God's provision is only as large as my faith. And, and I've quoted Ephesians, God is able to do, able to do immeasurably, immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. I need to step out in faith even when it doesn't make sense. Stop universal credit now and God will provide. Seven days later, Title, God provides. Uh, wow, full of praise tonight, God. You, <laughs> you provided for me financially three times in this last week after I put my trust in you and stopped universal credit. May I trust you more. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So, amen. So, <laughs> And God, honestly, it was ridiculous. So I was like, oh, I'd honestly spent kind of months ignoring God. When I finally decided to put my trust in Jesus, stop universal credit, that week, I had this government grant come in for over a grand, which I was not expecting. I didn't know I was eligible. It came from out of nowhere. And, I, and it was way more than my universal credit was going to be. I had a sales shift from my work that I just started up again after COVID. And in that one shift, I did my personal best sales, and I got honestly, like the, the most amount of sales I've ever got in the two years I was working there, like an unreal number. I couldn't believe how many sales I was doing. God was just providing. And then, honestly, that amount of money was so much more than I would have ever have got from Universal Credit. And as well as that, there, a job came up at the church that week where they were like, we need someone to help out. And it's paid. And I was like, well, sign me up. So <laughs> actually, that week, God literally provided so much for me. And I just want to encourage you today that we believe in a God 
that is alive today. We believe in Jesus who is God, Jesus who was resurrected, Jesus who is alive today, and who wants the best for us. He's for us, and he, he wants to provide for us. And I'd just love to invite the band up now, if that's okay, um, because one of the songs that we've chosen is The Blessing. And as I was preparing this, the words just kept coming into my head, um, may his favor be upon you. And I think so often we can not trust that that's true. God wants to bless us. God wants his favor to be upon us. And the other lyrics that kept coming to mind um, were, he is for you. He is for you. And it repeats it in the song. And I think so often I can forget to trust that God is for me. God is good. God is powerful enough to provide. And God is good enough to give us these amazing gifts in abundance. And I just love to pray just to end. Lord Jesus, we just thank you so much that you are a God that is powerful. You're a God that is good. You're a God that wants the best for us, Lord Jesus. And Lord, I just pray that we would be able to put our trust in you, Lord. And I just pray, Jesus, for anyone that has been let down by you in the past or is doubting you for any reason, Lord, I just pray that you'd be able to fill them with faith again, Lord Jesus, that they'd be expectant and excited to see you working in their lives, Lord Jesus. And Lord, just pray that all in your mighty name. Amen.